This is producer Rachel with a warning that the pod you are about to hear contains some, as Arlo White would say, fruity language. To the pod. This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's Live from a sold-out theatre of the living arts in the decidedly non-crap part of Philadelphia on the final day of the group stage of World Cup 2019. Yes, Rog, 38 teams came to France and only 36 of them made it through the group stage. <laughs> On the final day of the group stage of World Cup 2019, it's the Men in Blazers, Budweiser presents Football's Coming Home, USA against Sweden show, Roger. <sighs> Davo, it is an honour and a joy to be in one of my favourite cities, this world of wonder that is home to Mr. Juliet. I also want to apologize to you, Philadelphia, because you know how they say bad things come in threes? First, the feds take away all of Philadelphia's cocaine. Just before I arrive. <laughs> right, so this show is not gonna be as good as it normally is. Then today, your city is like flooded to biblical proportions. And now men in blazers are bloody here. Yeah. It's quite, it's quite a traumatic 24 hours, I should say, right? Yeah. For the city that loves you back. <laughs> oh, can I just say, I love that tourism slogan. Calling Philadelphia the city that loves you back is a bit like me introducing myself to people saying, hi. I'm Rog, the man with lots of hair. <laughs> but I believe in you, Philadelphia. I think you are a magical kingdom built on soft pretzels, water ice, Mike Schmidt, and your Philadelphia Union. Yeah. I fell in love here, Rog. I fell in love. Love of my life. Tonight? No, not tonight. <laughs> it's just the cocaine speaking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Had the cocaine been here, I probably would be in love right now. <laughs> let's face it. But fell in love here. 1991, fell in love. Carmela Teresa Damiani from South Street. Right Are you here. here tonight, Carmela? Please. No, once again, let down again. Oh, I spent a lot of time in this town. What happened, bro? Life, Rog. Life happened. Do you know how he met her? He was just on the street corner, just throwing out free Philadelphia Union T-shirts to random passers-by. Yeah. It's always been my move. And a <laughs> <laughs> always been my move. Okay, Rog, you're first in the Eastern Conference Philadelphia Union. Come on. Scoring goals, blocking shots, and generally, thanks to Ernst Tanner, giving hope to every fan of every team in the world that they too can one day experience glory. That is, if they can feel the dancing feet, Rog, of Il Signo. The pride of the Cape Verde Islands, Jamiro Montero. And lest we forget, arguably, most importantly, your mascot Fang. Fang with a PH who lives to do this, Rog. thing of all time, yeah. your sports mascot watching and cheering while a bloke smashes a parked car up with a sledgehammer. <laughs> peace and love, Philly, peace and love. Fly, Union, fly!
But I just love the fact that he keeps in character right there as Bang. He's participating, yep. really. He didn't even know he was still in the suit. He was just like, yeah, fuck that car up, bro. Okay, Rog, we are not just here in Philadelphia on any day. We are here on the day in which your tiny, scrappy underdog, United States of America women's national team, somehow summon the might to finally slap down those big bullies, those big bullies who are also at the same time cowards, Sweden. I hate, I hate bully cowards. Yeah, the worst kind of cowards, the bullying ones. A team who have tormented the US for so long physically in ways not even Dolph Lundgren could ever have imagined. We will break down every moment of today's never-to-be-forgotten classic for the ages. We will also touch upon the lesser Gold Cup, or as Greg G -G -G Berhalter likes to call it, the Good Good Gold Cup, and relive some moments of good good glory around the US men's national team and Triple G's comprehensive dismantling of Good Good Guyana. <sighs> Who we like to call the worst guy since Fieri. But before we head to Flavortown, Rogelio, a toast! Oh, you know what? I also, one thing we're going to do tonight, and it's a secret, so don't tell anyone, we're going to announce a big transfer to the Philadelphia Union. Andy Carroll may or may not be coming on stage. Well, not with all the cocaine gone. <laughs> I didn't tell him about that. I told him that I can get him tickets to the Indigo Girls when they come to yeah, play. He's, he's a big Indigo fan. He's a big Indigo He loves the Indigo big, Girls. Loves them in the face. In the face. I want to raise my fifth first bud of the day to you, Philadelphia. A city we come to partially so that we can return Lenny Dykstra's lost dentures. And partially because we, we love the Women's World Cup, right, Dave? We do, we love it, it. Just like the men's, but without the diving for penalties and the neck tattoos. But watching the US today, I'm reminded about the true joy of the tournament, which is, it's not just the moments of wonder. It's the superheroism of Sam Kerr, who can hurt opponents from anywhere on the field, even without touching the ball. Can we hear it for Sam bloody Kerr? He's a good player. Good player. The defensive potency of Chile's goalkeeping star, Christian Endler. Yeah. She reminds me of a young Brad Guzan. <laughs> With hair. Like when Lenny Dykstra had his own teeth and he still didn't know where he'd put them. And of course, that great daughter of Delran, Carly Lloyd. That was just me pandering, that's why we put Carly up. <laughs> it's not just those kind of people, it's the impression they make on the thousands of young American girls and boys who are watching. And I like to think about them, what's going on in their head as they're watching young Americans inspired to pick up the game we love, becoming fueled by their own dreams of playing for the United States in World Cups to come. I'm partially talking about myself here, Dave. But I also mean thousands of other kids who could play for the US wherever they are in the world. They could be in New Zealand. And I raise this, <laughs> and I raise this Bud Fam Blood Fam to future American glory. I'm still getting used to new Rog, new, sentimental, positive, optimistic. Hopeful, Rog. The city that loves you back. Because you have been dark for so much of the history of our relationship. But sometimes you just catch me with your sentimentality and optimism. A bit like Andy Ruiz Jr. tagging Anthony Joshua, flush on the chin. Talking about the people's champ, Rog, let's take a moment. Let's bring producer Rachel to the stage for an official show photograph. Philadelphia, please be upstanding. Get those buds in the air. Let's get a photo. In three, I want you to just scream, Carson Vence is the king of the north! Alright, show's over now, guys. Let's go to the pub. Let's go to the pub. Let's get down to business, Stevie. Okay, Rog. 
let's give the people what they want and go deep. And I mean deep on the big game of the day. Chile 2, Thailand 0. That's <laughs> what you came for, right? I jest, I jest. Let me take you to Upper Normandy, Rog. What used to be England to the Stad Océan for USA 2, Sweden 0. When did that old industrial port town of La Havre last glimpse such American glory? Oh, it's funny you ask that, David, because I don't like to be hyperbolic about history. But I was watching this game and I thought, not since the 29th Infantry Division hit Omaha Beach have so many Americans hit that city with such might. And then I thought again, you know, 2 0. The people of La Havre are actually used to dominant victories because they remember when this guy was the manager of La Havre. He's been, that's all you've got for Bob Bloody Bradley. He's been, he's been colorized, Rog. It's like the World War II in color. <laughs> you will fear the German. Um, you know, first American manager to ever win the Premier League with Swansea City, and he won't be the last. It's what uh, you told me. It did end well, didn't it, Davey? No, too much, uh, Rog. It but did yeah. end well, didn't it? What? H him at Swansea, it did end well. No, didn't end well at all. <laughs> didn't end well. He's still alive. Okay, Rog, the game. USA 2, Sweden 0. Routine. USA, by far the best of the 34 of 36 teams who've qualified for the next stage of the World Cup. I Especially mean, after impressive. This, this epic clash for the ages against Sweden, can we hear that? Sweden, boo, boo, our enemy, boo, home of ABBA, boo, Raoul Wallenberg, boo. Alicia Wikanda, all these evil people, I was trying to think of yeah. evil, these are the worst. These are the yeah, worst. My ex-wife. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. It was a complicated situation. Uh, whatever, they are the team that have most irritated the US more than any other in years recent. They beat us in the group stage, 2011 World Cup, tied us in 2015, and most recently, those cowards, don't worry, oh, it ends cowards. well today, it ends well, I'll spoil it for you, it ends well. Those cowards, they stunned us in the 2016 Olympics. They're not the force they used to be, but they are still the first robust test the US have had in this World Cup, a bit like Suda, Papinski and Punch-Out. You don't like Sweden though, do you, David? Let's make this I'm quick. okay on Sweden, but there are certain things I don't like. I don't, they're so judgmental, Rog. They breathe in when they are agreeing with you, but the breathing in is like, it's how they say yes, and it just, it, it just literally gets into the back of my neck. It drives me out of my mind, because they're judging you all the time, Rog. They're judging you. You don't like them, Ugh. and nor do our US women's national team, and so it was today. Let's conveniently forget that Sweden rested almost all of their best players, fielded a second team. And when they did that, the little hope solo that lives in all of us, my little hope solo, screamed, cowards! But you can tell from kickoff that <laughs> these US women have not been so psyched to make a point as they were today since, well, since they served that equality lawsuit on US soccer's arse. <laughs> two minutes on the clock, two minutes on the clock, US corner, and this happened. Oh. Oh. Nine, nine goals in the first three minutes on Telemundo. <laughs> Amazing. I will say, the astonishing thing about this free kick, this corner, is that we got Sam Mewis and Lindsay Horan lining up for that corner. Twin towers of power. So what does Megan Rapinoe do? She just okey-dokes them at the near post, plays it low. They thought, we're going to get air attacked. We go in with the ground troops. Lindsay Horan smashes it home. By the way, if I was the GM of the New Orleans Pelicans, I'd, I'd, take, I'd take the great Horan at number one. And I was like, two minutes, 40 seconds in, 1-0. Well, that was stressful. Now, I love Sweden. I want to be clear. Unlike Davo, I did not marry into that nation's culture. I love... 
Swedish music. I love Swedish culture. I love Swedish folklore. I love the way Swedish people suck in their breath. You and, do? And judge you. Don't start doing that. No, I love Literally, the, the podcast do. will never happen again. I, I, find, <laughs> I find it very reassuring. I love it when I know people hate me. It's when I don't know that I yeah. find it a bit awkward. Yeah. Well, this, you'll know the Swedes hate you, Rog. For a couple of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> God love you, Raoul Wallenberg. Um, <laughs> here's the reality. I love Swedish folklore. And as you all know, the Swedes have a saying, Anna Ugla i Mossen, which is, I sense there are owls in the bog. And I don't know exactly what that means, but... Those Swedish defenders all mouthed it to each other, and I lit-read it in that moment, because in the opening spell, it was just Haran and Mewis taking turns to launch the ball to nutmeg-obsessive Tobin Heath and Megan Rapino. Just these balls, it was like seeing Gary Woodland off the tee. Sweden's second string, or was it their third string? They could only flinch, and there really wasn't a lot else to talk about in that first half. And just when I was about to doze off, and dream sweet, sweet dreams about Bob Bradley invading the beaches at Normandy <laughs> to fight the Nazi Hun single-handedly. You can just imagine Bob Bradley screaming on his own with just a knife, no gun, doesn't need a gun, just a, just a knife. He'll just be like, and the German will be sickened by us, and the German will talk about us, and the German will fear us. Who's with me, lads? And he'd realize it was just Michael Bradley, and he'd still fancy his chances. I was like, God, this game is a bit crap. What are we going to talk about tonight? Because let's be candid, it was a bit crap. And then possibly my moment of the game, well, who am I kidding? It was the moment of my life came on our screens. This happened. How would you describe it, David, for the people listening at home? Yeah. I, I just want to set it at halftime. The Fox cameras, I, I wiped the slobber off my chin. Where I, and then the Fox cameras peel to a gentleman. How would you describe it? But if you're listening on the pod and you can't see him, just imagine Liam Hemsworth, because that's what he looks like. <laughs> Standing in the crowd, what's he doing, David? So, I mean, I see two things here. I yeah. see a see? GFOP. Yeah. He's a full kit wanker. Yeah. <laughs> Men in Blazers edition. Yeah. He's wearing the national team jersey, the, yeah. the red one. Yeah. He's got the He's dominate hat. The dominate hat. He's got the American, uh, American States United uh, <laughs> scarf. It's no what? doubt he's got a patch secreted on his person somewhere so? and I maybe know, some I, wafers. I was honestly so relieved that the uh, fox shot him this close up. I was terrified if they, if they pan back, they'd realise and reveal that he had no pants or underpants on. It was, we haven't <laughs> sold those yet. <laughs> just, we haven't just, sold those yet, Rod. I know, he was just freeballing and it's our fault. Yeah. It's our fault because we have not done Men in Blazers pants, so we didn't know what to wear. But do you know the second thing I see, Rod? $177.87. Yeah, yeah, pure revenue. By the way, I love the way that he's also wearing sunglasses, which are clearly an attempt to conceal his identity. He's proud of being a Men in Blazers fan, but he's also a bit ashamed. Uh, and then I started to doubt myself with like a nagging insecurity, and I wondered, is he like really into the Men in Blazers? Or is he just in the witness protection program? And that the US Marshals just issued him this clothing and he doesn't even know what it is. You can take whatever, we're gonna take whatever we can get. I wanna raise my glass. You, sir, whoever you are, are a true American hero and you made my day today. You are. To be candid, he looks a little bit like a better looking Tom Brady. You won, Philadelphia. You bloody won. Let's all chill out, for fuck's sake. Second, okay, Rod, second half. US, second half. US went in for the quick kill. Saved an early first half goal. Then we saved an early half second goal. Tobin Heath. My God, can we just talk about JP Della Camera for a second? That man loves, uh, he loves him some Tobin Heath. Because we are about to show you an own goal. Brace yourself. I did admire 
just how much JP Della Camera steadfastly, both in the moment and then having seen the replay about 12 times, continued throughout the game to protest that they awarded this as an own goal. So let's make believe with JP and savor this American moment of wonder. Kelly O'Hara, que olvidó la pelota. Sigue siendo de Megan Rapino, el centro para Carly Lloyd, va a caer para Tobin Heath, la quiere Carly. Sigue Heath, la pide Carly Lloyd. Carly Lloyd, just to be on the record, probably should have been called offside. And I love you, America. I've been American for a year now, and it gets better and better and better. The cynicism is coming along nicely. And that was, and that was pretty much it, David, because the second half, it reminded me of another favorite Swedish quote of mine. You know what it is, right? Duha sit me sister potatis, which is, you have planted your final potato. Uh. I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> you know how you really say that in you know you really say that in Swedish. Yeah. Like that. That's what that's what Davo's ex-wife's Swedish divorce lawyers. That's how they negotiated. Yeah. yeah. You planted your final potato, Mr. Yeah. Bond. It's a very expensive potato. <laughs> the game got. <laughs> the game got. A bag of them. The game got a bit scrappy. The game got a bit scrappy, I hate to say it. And the bizarre thing is, we still, I believe, after this, do not know how good our US team are. We, we, we actually, I came to realize in this game... <laughs> this is such a good realization. We might be saying that same thing. We do not know how good this US women's national team actually are, all the way until they win the final. Yeah, 7-0. Yeah, they might keep... In this game, it was one early goal, one controversial one against a... Swedish second string who were so unmotivated because, well, they kind of knew already they were through to the second round. So the game was a bit of an anticlimax. And because of that, it's hard to kind of take conclusive hard lines out of this. Yeah, our back line, bit dodgy at times, nair flapped occasionally, again, against better teams. May we be found out, may we crap our pants. But let's look at the positives. Rose Lavelle, outstanding. Haran, potent. Wow. And the question is, if you have to assume Julie Ertz is coming back, who'd you drop to keep Sam Mewis in this team, David? Michael Bradley. <laughs> we actually asked over Twitter, who would we drop to keep Mewis in this team? And the consensus answer was, we drop Nair. <laughs> that the US should play without a goalkeeper. That's all amazing. future matches. A ton of you, in all seriousness, said Tobin Heath, and I won't have you say that about soccer playing Stefani. Tragic <laughs> Kingdom. The answer's obviously Jossie Zardes. That's who we drop. Yeah. So, US win, Sweden lose, but they also kind of win, because this game was a bit choose your own adventure. Do you want to come first in the group, as the US did? Yeah! And now face Spain, tactically, technically quite good. 13th in the world. Hometown heroes, France, with the assistance of VAR in the quarters. Or do you want to come runner-up, Sweden-style, face Canada, which is really a basketball country. <laughs> and then lightly number two, Germany. You lose, you win. For our US women, sum up the group stage. David. I would say that the US are far and away the dominant team, the most impressive team, the scariest team. They are the team that... I haven't seen another team who can beat the US so far. Um, and I think some of the other contenders, France, Germany, the Lionesses, have not looked that impressive in the group stage. And the US have looked very, very impressive at times. So um, It's true. The only team that really troubled them was Thailand. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say job they done. They could still win it, Rog. Yeah, they're still in it. <laughs> still in it. It's like the Europa League. You're never truly out of it. Of course. It's only, it's only Scotland who are eliminated. Yeah, and... Which is, and Scotland will be back in time for the final of the Women's World Cup, live from Baku. <laughs> anyway, can we just say it was a stroll in the park, 18 goals scored, a record in the group stage of the tournament. 
Barely challenged. Whatever insecurities exist, and every team has insecurities, they've not yet been exposed. And we pray they'll stand the test of time in the knockout round, which lies ahead. That's football without a safety net. I think the only team, according to Ali Krieger, who could beat the USA is the USA second string. And let's hope that that's the truth. Yeah. That is the American story. And we raise a beer to them. We've got to quickly raise a beer to your lionesses, Davo. England, how are you feeling? First place in the group after that win against Japan. Look, the, the big story for me from the group stage of the World Cup is actually nothing to do with the football. And when you ask about England, it's actually to do with the number of people that are watching these games on television, which is mind-blowing. Yes, the US ratings are up, but you're seeing around the world people tune in and watch the women's game in countries where they have not only not watched it before, they have been dead set against watching it before. And I think the ratings, you know, 6 million, 7 million people watching these uh, Lionesses games. 36% of the viewing that public. That is phenomenal. England. And it just leads to more investment from the Premier League clubs, which leads to better um, club soccer, more opportunities for globally for female players. We're seeing ratings in France, Germany, South America break all records. Make no mistake, this is down to the US women who taught the rest of the world how to play football and how to watch football. And that's a really impressive thing. And America, that often has an in, you know, some insecurity of being, you know, have been told for so long they're a second-rate soccer nation. In terms of the women's game, they have led the world, they have evangelized, and they have spread this game around the world. And you should also feel very proud about that. The Lionesses are good. They're the third or fourth best team in the tournament. That's it. The and US they will play are, Cameroon. Yeah. Shades of the 1990 World Cup. Yeah. Oh, one of my favorite games ever, the manager Bobby Robson after England just beat Cameroon. One of my favorite quotes ever. He said, we didn't underestimate Cameroon. We just didn't think they'd be that good. Two very different things. Yeah. Underestimating and not thinking they're going to be very good. Very different things. By the way, very England, different. if you're listening, may you one day be so into your Women's World Cup that you have videos of Nikita Paris in a skate park. <laughs> That's when we know we've <laughs> arrived. Yeah, it's when you know you've arrived. Oh, Finally, very can good. we raise a glass tonight? To Scottish fans. Oh. My poor mother. Oh, mate, the end of last... Did anyone see the end of last night's game? If you didn't, let me recap it for you. 3-0 up and cruising into the next round until the 74th minute when they hit the button marked Everton. <laughs> Threw away the lead and then... Vard at the last in the cruelest of ways. We c I couldn't. J Dubs is like, should we show the penalty? I was like, I can't live through the penalty again. I I'm neither Scottish nor Argentinian, but it, there was a penalty. There was a VAR on the penalty. There was then a penalty. The penalty was saved. There was a VAR on the penalty save, and the penalty was then scored. I was like, VAR the fucking penalty that was scored. For God's sake, do something. Because I'm neither Scottish nor Argentinian. I don't know if you know those two things about me. But I was watching on my phone in the street, rushing home. And I just started sobbing when this happened. Tears rolled down my face. Not just for the Scots. It was the mood swings. It was the stakes, the desperation, the shattered dreams. The Scots wanted this so badly. But remember, those Argentinians... Three years ago, they had no women's team, effectively. They had no coach, no funding, no fixtures, no FIFA ranking. They had to sue their own federation to get $8.50 a day to train. So what must they have been feeling, too? But it's so cruel on you, beautiful Scotland, David. So oh, cool. beautiful Scotland, the land of my mother. I mean, and having to wear those shirts while it happened as well. I mean, just, I will just say, awful. If VAR was a person... They would be the most annoying bloody person in the world. <laughs> I predict, though, that Irving Welsh is probably already at work on a train spotting sequel with a plot based solely around those last 10 minutes. Basically, we live a short, disappointing life and then we die. We fill up our lives with shite, things like careers and relationships to delude ourselves that it is nay totally pointless. That's what Erin Cuthbert yeah, said to her teammates there, David. Pretty much. Raise it to Scotland! Scotland!
Okay, Rog. Our U.S. women were not the only mighty representatives from this nation going into the fray to defend the USA's footballing honor. The men, Rog, the men also kicked off their Copa de Oro campaign. They love that Oro. They love the Oro in love the face. Oro. Love it. Their first competitive game in 616 long days and their first under coach Greg 3G's Berhalter against a country with just one G, Guyana. That footballing superpower ranked 177 in the world. That's Guyana, not America, guys. Yeah. Forged in the Republic along the northeast coast of South America with a population of fewer than 800,000, roughly the size of Seattle, without Tacoma, and a squad in which the majority of the players eke out a career in the bowels of CONCACAF, Roger, USL2 teams like Peachtree City, MOBA, or my favorite Surinamese team, Walking Boys with a Z company. We need to have a Walking Boys company in the US, Rod. Are there any Walking Boys company fans here tonight? So, uh, easy win, but the game not so easy on the eye. Rod. Yeah, it was a bit sloppy with the US for stretches, like looking like a poor man's Argentina in the Copa. And I don't say that as a compliment. Huge credit, though, to Guyana in all seriousness. They played with a collective spirit and without fear that was inspiring. In the first 28 minutes, a GFOP at Drew F. Ward tweeted us to say, maybe we Americans are just meant to struggle against any team that kind of sounds like Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Oh, but then on 28 minutes, we lanced the septic boil. We scored a goal. I'm going to spoiler alert it. We won 4-0. Um, it wasn't scintillating, but it wasn't utterly demoralizing, which is, which is progress. Three points, four goals, something to build off. The star of the night, Tyler Boyd. <laughs> Messi, Ronaldo, Tyler Boyd. In just this second game for the US, he scored twice. Pick of the goals, this beauty. Boyd wanted the quick ball. It's going to find him anyway. What a ball from Bradley. Tyler Boyd now scoring up his defender. Boyd gets it away and scores. First goal for Why the United States for Tyler Boyd. Very nice finish. Yeah, that was the 1,000th goal ever scored by the U.S. men, Rod. My, yes, 1,000 goals. My mathematics might be off, but I believe the U.S. women have scored that many just in the 2019 World Cup group stages alone. Credit U.S. soccer, though. Some creative thinking by those brains in a bottle to solve all our youth development challenges by outsourcing the task to Oceania. We were not getting enough true talent from Germany, Rod, so we've evidently moved on to pilfering from real footballing powerhouses like New Zealand. And Tyler Boyd from Tarangara in the Bay of Plenty, in New Zealand, on the North Island, might just be the greatest gift New Zealand's given us since, oh, Flight of the Concords. And for Tyler Boyd, it's always business time. Him and Weston McKinney apart though, the US struggled to build, we turned the ball over, and this is a nasty habit in dangerous areas. We needed a savior. There was also Lord as well from New Zealand, Roger. Okay, this we're, team... We're still trying to get her to change her nationality and then yeah. Greg Berhalter's going to start playing <laughs> her at the back. This team don't need to worry about turning the ball over, though, Rog, when they've got one of the most avant-garde creative forces in the game, Mr. Jossie Zardes, American Divock Origi, who in the 55th minute, well, let's just say Paul Ariola worked out how to get the best out of Jossie. For a position on the wing right now for the United States men's national team that's very wide open. Ariola from Boyd this time. Ariola, that was rolling. It's in anyway. Jossie Zardes, right place, right time. Might have banged his face up a little bit, but it's 3-0 for the U.S. It'll hurt tomorrow, but it feels all right right now. Why didn't he celebrate? Honestly, it would have been the greatest celebration of all time. Pete Jossie has been achieved. By the way, you wonder what Greg Berhalter does in training. For the past two weeks, he's just had them smack that ball like motherfuckers at Jossie's face. Yeah. He's like, Shut up, Jossie! Take it! 
Watching. Hit it in his head! <laughs> Shut the fuck up! But anyway, watching Jossi toil. I do wonder this. I'm going to be honest with you. There's just us listening, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. We are a nation of 330 million people. And I watch Jossie, and I do wonder, I say to myself, there's got to be at least 300 million people who are better at striking than he is. <laughs> I do. We've, we've, we've got a depth chart, and I, I like to think about it. It has, like, Josh Sargent here. It's got, like, Josie. There's, like, Aaron Johansson in there. Somewhere there. Tim Weyers in there. Good Bobby. Bobby Wood is in there. Good Bobby. Then you keep going past them, Dave. You go through your yeah, Julian you... Greens. Good Julian! Yeah. You've won those. You're what, in there? Yeah. Terence Boyd's a sprinkle just somewhere in there. And oh, you, yeah, him too. Keep going. Whoever you shout out, believe me, they're in there. <laughs> and then you keep going. You keep going. You're now like at about 100 million. Oh, there's a name. Mixed Discarude. Then you keep going. You keep going. And then you're around 200 million and you like get to your Regis Philbins. Yeah. Underrated. Keep going now. Below him. Below him. Somewhere down there. Just when you get to like, I imagine like Dr. Ruth. Happy 91st birthday, by the way. Who? Dr. Ruth? Yeah, just turned 91 yesterday. Because yeah. Regis Philbin died and I'm very sad. <laughs> so he's still ago. alive, Rog. He's still <laughs> with us. Yeah, don't tell me. Tell he's Greg still Berhalter, with us. Bro. Tell Greg Berhalter. That's the one who matters. Somewhere below Dr. Ruth is where Jossie ranks in my depth chart. Yeah. So deep down there that the only... He's like one place ahead of Freddie Adu. That's how far down he is. <laughs> All I'll say is, brace yourself, above America. Above. I've, I've got to say, I think we're getting to the end of the Jossie Zardes era. Yeah. It's sad for me to say that, but I think we're getting there. Yeah, it's been a great ride, Rod. She's been a great leader for your nation. But it may be time to move on. The US men play again Saturday night against regional superpower, those cowards from Trinidad and Tobago. By the way, somewhere in Trinidad and Tobago, Trinidad, Roger and Davo, and Tobago, Roger and Davo, are doing a live show. I know. Where they're whipping the crowd into a further, showing them Jossie's orders, heading that ball home like that. Yeah. That's, by the way, that would be an amazing show. Trinidad and Tobago and Roger and Davo. They got kettle drums. They're having like so much fun. There's four of them. They're eating Trinidad, Roger and Davo and Tobago. <laughs> That's it. They don't it's, get on. It's two shows. Um, we wish the US men Godspeed. We're desperate for the men to shatter the apathy that has descended seriously on the team since that dark night in Trinidad in October 2017. And in that regard, to talk a little about the state of US soccer, Rog, also the march to glory that is Philadelphia Union soccer. And even the Copa America, it is a true joy to bring on our first guest, a great friend of the pod who is as forthright off the field, he is hard charging on it. And New Carroll. No. New Jersey born, Florida bred, a man who experienced European football at Rangers and Nantes, among others, earning 66 US caps along the way Not before enough. returning More, to please. these shores, becoming the captain of your Philadelphia Union. Please be upstanding for the one and only Mr. Alejandro Bedoya! It's rare that people are pleased to, to see anyone. Level right now, huh? Oh, get in there. Let's do that again for him. That was amazing. Can we just say congratulations, LA, on your phenomenal start to the season. If I need to remind you, your Philadelphia Union are currently first place in the Eastern Conference. That is the kind of success that this city... You enjoy it. That sounds good, huh? Sing like it all that. night. I like the sound of that. I've got to say, as an Everton fan, you guys deserve this more than I can ever. <laughs> enjoy every single second. Make great memories. And I take such great pleasure in watching your team and your fans savor every no, second. Because you are kind of experiencing the success this city has yearned for. 
Back from when the Continental Congress first met here in 1774. Yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. I know, we started prodding the founding fathers, they love MLS. Stamp Act was actually the pro-roll debate of the 18th century. Yeah, controversial. Yeah, but I digress. Ale, what has gone right this season at Talon Energy Stadium? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, I think we've just been a little bit more pragmatic this season. I think we've kept the core of the team, you know, with Dre, you know, one of the best goalies in the league. Um, yeah, definitely, he deserves a lot of credit. Um, you know, we have young center backs, but guys that have now been in, uh, in the group now for a couple of years, and that are learning their trade, you know, Jack's come along with great, Trusty's doing well, and you know, McKenzie's not even playing this year, and I thought he was doing well last year, so it's a credit to the young guys stepping up, and then, you know, I think me and Harris, in, in the spine of the midfield, you know, creating, I think, what, uh, what I think is one of the best midfields in the league. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and then we just added some other pieces around our team that have fit. What? Uh, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a hard worker, man. But no, I think we've added some good pieces to the team that yeah. have really bought into our system and our, you know, kind of style of play. And, you know, Jim's done a good job. And uh, here we are, top of the table. It feels great. Yeah. Gotta keep yeah. going. Yeah, you're, you're good from throw-ins also. Uh, I love watching you play, Alejandro. You take the field with such determination and tenacity. I also love what you said about that dreadful night in Trinidad and Tobago, a game in which you were an unused sub. You told the media, we would not have lost that game if I had been on the field. That guy would have never got that rocket shot off if I was playing in midfield. I believe you. I agree. It did happen, though. U.S. soccer has taken a real hit since missing out on the World Cup. Where are we now, in your mind, between cup half full and cup half empty for the U.S. <laughs> men's program? Big question. We ask the big questions. Oh, man. I just, that's, I try not to open up Twitter when they're playing, you know, because it's just, <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, I mean, that's just how I feel about that game, you know. I think that the conditions on it, you know, my, you know, I might not be the flashiest guy, you know, that guys like to play FIFA with, you know, doing the stepovers, but, I think my, tacu my tactical acumen is, is, is high class, you know. Uh, I think uh, I would have, uh, 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 yeah. That's just how I feel. I think I would have been in those spots, you know, to turn it over. If I, you know, you, you, you made me bring a flashback. You know, I look at the second, the second goal that turned that scored that game, and, you know, just the pressure when we lost the ball was just, like, half-assed. That's not me. You know, I'm going to close on the guy, and I'm going to get in a yeah. position to, to make a play. So, but... I think where we stand right now, it, it's tough. We're in a transitional period, you know. Greg's trying to put his system into into play, and you know, with a lot of different new faces, fresh faces, and it's you know, it's a work in progress, you know. And if you're gonna try to play the way he wants to play, you're gonna have some mistakes, and you're gonna, you know, I guess it takes a lot of risk to get some reward. But I'm hoping it comes to fruition this year, uh, you know, during a Gold Cup. I was a bit skeptical against Guyana because I would have liked for us to maybe, you know, press more and, you know, like try to get after them, you know, more than they, they did. But um, I think, you know, talking to some of the guys still on the team, you know, the, the, Greg is very detail-oriented, and uh, the guys are, you know, starting to buy into it more and more, and it just it takes time. But, you yeah. know, to say those words, to take time, I know people don't like to hear that because they want to see results now. But, uh, you know, we got to win the Gold Cup, and I'm not so sure if I feel so confident about that. But, I, I, you know, I think uh, we got a team that can do it, but I hope that, that they'll win the Gold Cup. Interesting. I will say, it's why I love listening to Ale. It makes me believe that he did actually block that second Trinidadian goal. We did make the 2018 World Cup. We played amazing. We got into the quarterfinals. It was real progress for the group. Shit, I wish. Oh. <laughs> I do want to ask you, though, you've played for four U.S. managers in your career. Bob Bradley, Jurgen Klinsmann, Bruce Arena, and the mighty Dave Sarakat. By the way, that was a tough role that that bloke was in for that extended period. I've got a lot of respect for, uh, for that gentleman stepping in when our nation needed him. But what does that transition period with any new international manager, when they have such little time with the players, with the group, what does it feel like as a player when a new manager comes in, tries to define his vision, his style, his culture, his team? What's that been like from the inside the locker room? 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's different. I mean, every team around the world, you know, goes through situations like ours. Um, but uh, every manager is so different, the way they control the locker room, the way they, they manage. You know, Bob is a really intense guy, but he tries, you know, he's a big X's and O's guy. He's a lot of, you know, tactical breakdown and stuff. And uh, uh, because he's so intense, maybe some guys are a little bit, you know, kind of close guarded. But, you know, Jurgen then comes in and, He's not as much as the X's and O's guys, but he, he, he tries to, you know, get the most out of you in different ways, you know, the way he talks. Like, he'll call you out and, you know, maybe throw you under the bus against Brazil like he did against me. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, you, you know, you take that with a grain of salt. And, you know, it's not – he's being critical, but, you know, he's trying to push it to the next level, you know. Um, so I think, you know, and then Bruce comes in and he's he's more of a he's got kind of like that whole player manager role down. You know, he's really good at managing players and managing all these little cliques. And, you know, he kind of had a, a more loose uh, environment, you know, and, you know, you can say that he was a failure because he, we failed to get to the World Cup. But I, he's, his resume speaks for itself, you know, yeah, throughout his tenure here with the national team in the past in the past and with MLS. And, you know, it's not always just the coach. I think us players, we let him down too. We let our whole country down, you know, so. If you ever become a coach, which listening to you speak, I kind of feel like you could do. What kind I, I don't of a see coach, myself. But. but what kind of a coach would you be? Would you be like sort of a man <laughs> manager? Would you be X's and O's? Would you be a disciplinarian? Oh, like what man. kind of a coach would Ali Bedoya be? A good one. A good one. <laughs> no. That's that's here for Ali Bedoya's age. That's tough. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I, I I don't know if I see myself being a coach. I don't have the patience for it, really. Uh-huh. <laughs> but no, I I think I'd be something in between of uh, like a Jim and my old coach at Nantes. You know, Jim is like a super nice guy. Like sometimes I joke with him that he's like too nice. You know, I want to see him get like Jim fucking Curran, stuck the in the Philadelphia Union. Manager. Yeah, Jim. Yeah. And so, and a mix, you know, in between um, that and my, you know, Eastern European coach from Nantes, you know, this guy was the kind of guy that's all in your face, you know, you psycho. Yeah, you'd have to like wipe your saliva off. Yeah, <laughs> I remember a funny story. Bordeaux at home, 2-0. I, I scored a header in that game, and then the Bordeaux scores two goals in like stoppage time, and this guy he comes in and he's chucking everything that you see in the locker, and then he kicks a garbage can. Uh, and the garbage had like, I guess like a metal rod sticking out of it. And his shin went right through that thing. It cut like a hole in a, into his shin. And he ended up going, had him go to the hospital that night because it got infected and he was out of the sidelines for a month. Whoa. So definitely not a crazy disciplinarian like that, but you know, yeah. just in the middle, you know, I think just that, that's, that's what I see garbage <laughs> I think is the moral. Something in between. You pretty much described that he's going to be a bit like Sam Allardyce, American Sam Allardyce. <laughs> Football, though, is in your blood. You come from a long line of pro soccer players. Your dad, Adriano, played in Colombia with? Millonarios. Which was the prequel to the Showtime uh, series Billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> and I know from your Twitter feed, you are mad about the Cooper America right now. You're watching that? Like yeah, yeah, time. I'm watching that. Yeah, you know, being a Colombian background, I'm watching Colombia play and stuff. So I need your insight into the single most crucial Colombia question, which is, and I know you're thinking the <laughs> same thing. Everton fan. Yeah. bloody Mina. Why is he so crap at Everton? <laughs> I mean, that is the face of a man that has never actually kicked a soccer ball before. Are you ch- <laughs> but amazingly potent whenever he plays for his national team. Is that the same person? I mean, he snuffed Messi out single-handedly the other night. And as an Everton fan, I need to know, why does he play so well in yellow? but not so good in bleak. Just just playing with much better footballers. No, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) What are you saying about... I won't have you say that about Jack Tosin. That is fighting words. Yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, if you're trying to get me to talk shit about him, you seen the size of this guy? (laughs) 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 No, yeah, I mean... It's different styles of play, I guess, you know. Yeah, He's a lot more comfortable yeah, playing with Colombia. It's a different style of play. <laughs> That's certainly okay. a big factor. So many teams looking good in the Copa America this year, Alejandro. Uruguay, Chile, your own Colombia looking quite tasty. It's tough to call, but we're going to go to science with the aid of this Jägermeister shot. 
It's going to grant you the power of prophecy, Alejandro. Oh, God. Let's take a shot. <laughs> Tell us who is going to win it all. Here we go. Cheers. 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 Here we Cheers. go. It has the power of prophecy. <laughs> oh. The US is the answer. It's been a while. So who do you think? Who do I think is going to win it all? Yeah, who's going to? No, no, no. Who does the Jägermeister Jägermeister tell you is going to win it? Well, I mean, how can I go against Brazil playing in their home country? But then we saw Brazil lose freaking what was it like seven one? Maybe more. Maybe more, more to Germany in Brazil last time around. Maybe the Thailand of their own world. <laughs> Uh, come on, yeah, I, I gotta say Colombia. I like, I like, I like their chances. Yeah. That'd be amazing. That would be great. I'd love That'd that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That was Alejandro's agent again. <laughs> it's not. Can we just hear? It, can we? Can we just hear it for the feds who are here tonight? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this guy was on that ship that he just got in port. <laughs> my my Jägermeister tells me. There's only going to be one winner. Qatar are going to win the Copa das Copas <laughs> and finally prove their true global footballing superpower bona fides to all you haters. Yeah, I wonder, um, why, I wonder why they were invited to the Copa America. Uh -huh. Hard to figure out. I have no idea, but I think it's probably connected to whatever the feds took off the streets in Philadelphia. <laughs> I do need to ask you, though, about your union. Second half of MLS season oh, about to begin. God. You have been here. You joined this club in rockier times you trusted the process i will say it's been a joy for me to watch the philadelphia union project bear fruit uh, emotionally where are you between cautious optimism and reckless pessimism and what would it mean for you to bring success That's to philly yeah yeah <laughs> i'm definitely leaning a lot more on the cautious optimism side obviously i'm confident because uh, i think we got a good group there we can compete with anybody but uh, I will say that, you know, the other day in training, the intensity was lacking a bit, and I just had to, you know, scream out that, shit, we ain't done shit yet. It's half the season gone by, and uh, we're at the top of the table, but we know it's going to get tougher. Right now, after the break, we have a three uh, away game slate. You know, that's, it's not easy, but, you know, we got to be able to compete and, and take some points from those away games. But we got to stay at the top. If you want to be the best, you know, and win some, you got to, you know, stay consistent. You know, it's easy to get up there, but can we maintain it? Can we maintain that consistency? So you got to bring the same intensity to the field that Fang brings to smashing car fenders. <laughs> but what, what, what do you believe the mighty Philadelphia Union need yeah. to sustain their challenge in the East? What do you need? What do we need? What do we need? Well, yeah, I'd like for us to score more goals. Uh, you know, I think when you look around, not just in our league, but, you know, all over the, across the world, the top clubs, you know, they got uh, a striker that can score over 15 goals a season, you know. So somebody, yeah, somebody who we can consistently lean on, who we can get, you know. It's good that we have other guys coming in and uh, scoring some, but I want a guy that can score, you know, a lot of goals that we can rely on that can... <laughs> make may, something out of nothing. I may be able to do a deal for you, Philadelphia Union, with Mr. Jack Tosum, but we'll speak afterwards. <laughs> what I want to say to you all is Philadelphia, I, I love this man. I love his forthrightness off the field, like his tenacity on it. It genuinely fills me with hope and joy. I know that you adore him for that reason too. So please be upstanding. Let's hear it for the remarkable... Alejandro Badur. She said, I'm joking. I'm joking. That's awful. Is, is he a fantastic bloke? Lovely man. I, I, by the way, I did love one thing. I loved his answer to what the union need to maintain their march to glory. Another source of goals, David. Yeah. yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned that. 
Rog. Why, uh, we've done a lot of weird crap during Men in Blazers live shows. We've done the draw for the US Open Cup semi-finals. Sonal Galati would not allow us to do it. We were meant yeah. to do it, but at the last second, he demanded that he do it. Yeah. Because he didn't think that we'd be able really to fix weird. it like he could. It was that really was so weird. Odd. We've uh, had eight shots of Jägermeister with Wacker Flocker. Uh, we forced MLS Commissioner Don Garber, Sir Don Garber, to eat cod stewed in embalming fluid. But we're about to go next level, Rog. It's time for us to go all big J journalist. Take it away, Rogelio. Okay, Dave, are you ready, Philadelphia? We're gonna break some news. Can I get a Sky Sports breaking transfer news sound effect? the Men in Blazers News Network, Rog, M-I-B-N-N. This is not a drill, Philadelphia. By the way, I paid a lot of money for that sound effect. Can we hear it again and get a bit more up there? Let's hear it again. We are really going to do this because in their esteemed wisdom, the Philadelphia Union have asked us to announce the arrival of your new striker. Let the bells of freedom ring. You've just signed Andrew Wotton. A man who can do this. Andrew Wooten, Andrew Wooten, völlig frei, 1 zu 0. Boah, wie sieht der Boomreuer denn da aus im 1 gegen 1? Das ist nicht zweitligareif. What he said. Wow. And wow. if you think that's exciting, Dave. Wow. wow, not only have you signed him, but Andrew is here tonight. Welcome to the stage. Fresh off the plane from Sandhausen in Germany, your new striker, Andrew Wooten. working on the new songs. There it is. There it is. There it is. Perfect. Perfect. And our job is done. Yeah. Welcome, Andrew, as they say, in Germantown, Pennsylvania. Herzlich willkommen. Thanks. You are one of the most prolific American strikers in the game right now. You scored a career-high 17 goals last season in Germany. Age just 29, you've gotten better as you've gotten older. Talk about what has gone right. Thank you. Talk about what has gone right for you. What has helped your game develop in Germany? Um, I think this secret is just to stay healthy and be prepared when it's game time and just focus on uh, what you're doing, trying to uh, stay calm and just uh, enjoy the moment. Yeah. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. I will say, more news that you need to know. The New York Knicks tried to draft him in the first round. And he chose Philadelphia Union still instead. Andrew, you were born in Germany to a German mother and an American father. Befuddling to me, you have <laughs> made... Can we hear it for American fathers? Let's hear it for German mothers as well. Can I just tell you, they make our US men's national team so much bloody better. Uh, befuddling to me, you have made just one appearance for the United States national team. It came as a 72nd minute substitute against Costa Rica in 2015 during the final year 
of Jürgen Klinsmann's tenure. I think you finished him off, Andrew. <laughs> good, it, Andrew, good! <laughs> is, is part of your motivation to come to Major League Soccer to develop your career at the international level with the United States? Yeah, of course. I think it's a great time um, to be a soccer player here in the U.S. Um, I would love to play again for the U.S. national team, but my main focus is here with the Philadelphia Union, and we're trying to get it done. Good answer. Greg Berhalter, I know you're listening to the pod. So, last <laughs> question, Andrew. What are your dreams here in Philadelphia? What are you dreaming of achieving here, and what should the fans here expect from you as a footballer for the rest of the season in Philadelphia? <laughs> Um, yeah, we want the cup too, so uh, let's just do it. <laughs> no, not that cup, Rod. Not that cup. That cup. Yeah, that one. You want the nude bust of Don Garber? <laughs> Sorry, back to you, Andrew. No, of course, uh, I want to score as many goals as I can and hope we can get a lot of wins and why not win the cup, yeah. I will say, those are beautiful dreams. When I think of Philadelphian dreams, I think of Jim Stakes. His are probably for you better than my dreams. So please, Philadelphia, be upstanding for your latest signing. You don't have to thank us for making this happen. But may you be the best Philly, Andrew, since Andy Reid. Actually, better than Andy Reid. Better clock management, right? Better clock management. Let's hear it. Let's hear it for this gentleman, a remarkable blue. I can't wait to watch him on the field. I know you can't either. Mr. Andrew Watson! I can't believe we just broke some real transfer news, Rog. Feels like one of those serious Sky Sports broadcasters who hang outside the stadium announcing Arsenal's latest incoming defensive calamity, whilst random fans shove purple dildos into their ears. Feels great. Feels great. Feels amazing. Okay, Rob. By the way, do you think we can just say any player in Philadelphia Union have to quickly sign him and throw him on stage? This yeah. is an amazing new player. I know. Let's test it. Coming on now, Andy Carroll! Yeah. <laughs> All right, Fang. Still got Fang. That's hilarious thing is no one cheered harder than the West Ham fan in the front row. By the way, West Ham did want to trade him to the Philadelphia Union for Fang, but Philadelphia <laughs> Union were like... <laughs> okay, Rog, one more guest before we close the show and head to Cavanaugh's head house. Cavanaugh's head house. Cavanaugh's. Cavanaugh's. How did he say it? Cavanaugh's. Cavanaugh's. <laughs> The, the wild buffalo of Philadelphia like to eat the grass in the Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. On the wild Kavanaugh. Yeah, I love a good head house. You Rog. love a head you're house. Thirsty. You love a good head house, don't you? You yeah. love a head house. And you're thirsty. I am thirsty. And wants to raise a bud with all of you. Oh, where are we going again? You're going to say all right, and then let's end the show. Now let's fucking go to Kavanaugh's head house right now. Now let's end the show in the way we know best, with a song, one rooted in something I admire greatly. I've said it a couple of times, but I genuinely do love Philadelphia Union fandom. I adore it, I respect it, I revere it. I've got such a deep spot for the Philadelphia Union. One of the reasons I adore them is just the defiant tenacity of the Sons of Ben. Huge respect, and this is so American, for fans of a team before that team existed. I genuinely admire it. And as an Everton fan, I've always emotionally connected to Philadelphia sports fans. I always have. <laughs> Not anymore. They give me hope, I've got to tell you. The Philadelphia Eagles give hope to every fan of every team that in their suffering, there will one day be a year of glory that will propel Everton fans to climb those greased up Crisco telegraph poles in the same way as your saver. 
I will say, your joy was my joy. I revere it. I hope it comes again with the Philadelphia Union, Devo. So let's finish this show in fine style. Yeah, let's bring to the stage Matt Gendasek and the Sons of Ben. Come on, Sons of Ben. By the way, whoever Ben is, and I think it might be Ben Olsen, he had, a lot, he had a lot of sons. Yeah. He had, he had, can I just say, Matt, you're a beautiful, beautiful human being. We've got to know you a lot as a Philadelphia fan and as a GFOP. Love your love of the game. It's a joy to share the stage with you. There's a football chant in England, you only sing when you're winning. You guys have been just the opposite. You have stuck with this team through some dark days. We've had some dark days, yes. <laughs> but it's over now. Well, this season has been fairly kind to you guys. How much better does singing feel when you're actually winning? <laughs> you have to ask that? Yeah, you know it, it's awesome. We asked you to close the night with one song, one song only. Tell us what you chose and why you chose it. No one likes us. <laughs> okay, good. I remember the poetry of that song coming from Jason Kelsey's lips after the Super Bowl win. So Matt, please, Philadelphia, come and have a beer with us. Come and savor with us. We're gonna let the sons of Ben sing us out to you guys, to health, to happiness, to glory. Let's hear the most profound Philly song since Hall and Oates dies. Let's hear it, guys. I gotta say, Philadelphia, thank you for the Hooters. Thank you for Joan Jack. Thank you for Carly Lloyd. Come and have a beer with us. Cheers to your health, to your happiness, to your glory. Come and have a drink with us. Devo and I say, courage. Yep. <laughs>